Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Houghton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. I hope you are doing well. Firstly, apologies for the delay or gap in between episodes. Truth be told, a few months ago, I registered the podcast for the Irish Podcast Awards, hoping that the podcast might at least get a nomination in the business category. Even though the podcast is very, very niche, it typically has done well on Chartable in the investing and business categories. And in fact, if you ask ChatGDP to list some of the top investing podcasts in Ireland, it does list the Irish Fire podcast as number one. So I had a little bit of expectation going in, but unfortunately, the podcast wasn't nominated. And truth be told, as much as I'm not doing it for being rewarded or recognized, it was a little bit of a dampener and my motivation for the podcast disappeared for a couple of weeks. But equally, I've also been going through a really interesting stage on the fire journey. I've been largely unmotivated at the moment, but it's actually a good thing because I've been far more motivated to do far more positive things with my time and create and give myself a lot more free time and a lot more time with family. And I think this is largely a reaction to me cutting back on the amount of work that I've been doing. And equally, I've been learning to say no, which is an extremely difficult thing to do, but equally very important. I've had to let go of a few clients recently, a few freelancing clients, not because I have to, but because I want to, because I'm trying to give myself a life with more freedom and less stress. But I'm pleased to report that my motivation for the podcast is back, and it's largely back thanks to the Money Flamingo blog, and I'm really wanting to give a huge dedication for this episode to Tina and the work that she's done on the Money Flamingo website, because it is a fantastic resource. And a couple of weeks ago, she announced that she was planning to semi-retire the blog, which basically means that she's not going to worry too much about producing content as much as she was. And fair enough. And look, I go through phases as well with the podcast. So it's totally understandable. And for those that run a blog or a podcast, when you're not doing it for financial gain, the incentives for releasing content is more about self-reflection, which is extremely powerful for me, and I'm sure Tina feels the same. And so we don't always have inspiration, and we don't always have a reason to release content. And for me, it's largely been a journey of wanting to present my ideas when I have inspiration to actually share that. Back in mid-2021, the podcast pretty much came to an end for a while, largely because I'd hit this realization that financial independence and early retirement was pretty much off the table for me. It just seemed so far away when I crunched all of the numbers. But discovering Tina's blog changed all of that. Tina introduced the concept of adding some sort of semi-retirement into your FIRE journey. And it's an extremely powerful tool that we should all be looking to utilize in our FIRE journeys. The way that my life is now, even though I'm still working full-time, I feel like I'm living 
a semi-retired life because I'm now doing everything on my own terms. I'm actually in between true semi-retirement because we're still contributing to our portfolio and I'm still working full-time. However, me working full-time is now completely optional. The reality is, is that our portfolio now nearing 500,000 euros is easily big enough for me to simply let that compound in the background and cut down to some form of part-time work covering our family's expenses while letting that portfolio grow. And again, I've discussed this on recent episodes. The ability for us to go down to part-time is largely because we focused on the income side. So now having such a strong income, we're able to work a lot less if we wanted to. But as it is, I'm still quite content with working full-time. The contract that I have is a great one to be part of with very, very little deadlines and expectations and I can really work around my own schedule. But knowing that the option is there is extremely powerful. Now I am going to link to this particular post that Tina shared in the show notes, but I think one of the great things about Tina for me, and she's really been a mentor for me because she is ahead of where I am on the FIRE journey. So a lot of the content that she produces, it's like she summarized what's going on in my head. Or I may have been thinking about something and it's like she's thought about it already and processed it. So when I read it, it's it's a real aha moment for me. So for example, Tina talks about work and family. And she says, they say that work gets better when you don't need the money. And that's 100% true. But work also gets better over time as you slowly dig yourself out of the miserable hole that entry-level positions can be. When I started my first job, for some reason, I assumed this is what work would be like for the next 40 years. Low paid, thankless, tedious, and robbing me of my time and freedom. That's obviously not how things usually pan out. And work has gotten much better and more enjoyable for us over the years. That combined with the FU factor our nest egg gives us, means that we have plenty of freedom and choice when it comes to our careers and no good reason to stop doing what we were doing in the foreseeable future. Okay, so really, really powerful stuff and true. And where I am at the moment in terms of my own fire journey is that we have potentially another four years of grinding away to actually hit full financial independence. But a big part of me is now starting to say, why should that four years be tedious? Why should that be a grind? And the reality is it doesn't matter if I hit FI or not. Another 300,000 euros in our portfolio isn't going to be the thing that magically changes everything. So it's a much better solution for me to actually work towards work enjoyment rather than worrying about that extra grind and hitting a certain number on a spreadsheet. Tina goes on to then say that she plans to die with zero. And I have mentioned the die with zero calculator on the podcast before. Again, I will link to the die with zero calculator on the show notes. It is a much better tool than the 4% rule. So Tina's 100% on board with the die with zero calculator. I have been now for the last year or so. I think it's a fantastic tool, particularly in Ireland where we have a very generous state pension. I think it works great because you're able to fully calculate your state pension contributions and factor that in to the calculator. Guys, I do share pretty regular updates on my own Dial of Zero calculator on my blog. So if you haven't already, do subscribe to my newsletter at firepodcast.ie where every few months I do send those updates. And again, I don't put this information public anymore. It's only available to my newsletter subscribers. But effectively, Tina correctly, in my opinion, dismisses the 4% rule and adopts the Die with Zero calculator, where you'll likely find that you will need less of an FI portfolio than you would 
if you are following the 4% rule. And out of interest, guys, as many of you know, I'm a big fan of the old Texas Hold'em poker. Bill Perkins, the author of Die With Zero, is actually basically spends his life now playing high stakes poker against a lot of the professionals. So it's really, really interesting. I watch a lot of a lot of his uh, his hands on YouTube and see how he plays. He's married to a to a beautiful wife. He's got a lovely family. And he must be, he's at least in his 50s now, but uh, he basically spends his life playing poker, which is really, really interesting. So look, each to their own, he's living his best life, as he says. Tina also mentions in the blog article about the fact that she's felt like her priorities have shifted. And this is definitely one that I can relate to, and I want to touch on this one a little bit. So she says, I've always said that FI is about the right mindset and that the numbers beyond a certain level of financial security make little difference. And that's proven to be true for us. That is what I'm talking about when I say we're living an FI lifestyle. This is one that for anybody that's in their first half of the FIRE journey is probably not going to believe. But I promise you that it's true. And Tina's hit the nail on the head. And when I talked earlier about the fact that I've been cutting back on work and finding more time for myself, that's largely because of where I've got to on our own FIRE journey. You see, The first five or so years of me pursuing FIRE, all I ever thought about was making that monthly contribution, increasing those contributions, whatever I could do to get those contributions to be bigger and bigger and get along that race faster and faster. Now that I've hit that kind of halfway mark and beyond, the need to do that doesn't really matter so much anymore. You see, the market is now a far bigger factor for me than making contributions. A year or so ago, I set a goal on my blog to say that I'm trying to pursue a portfolio of 500,000 euros by the time I'm 40, which is now only six months away. The portfolio currently stands at about 470,000 euros and I'm making contributions of around 5,000 euros a month. So statistically, there's a very good chance that I'm going to hit that goal by the time I get to 40. But the reality is, it's really going to come back to what the market says. If there's a share market or a property slump in the next couple of months, then I'm not going to hit my goal. But does that mean that I should be upset about that? Well, no, because the funny thing is, is that it was an arbitrary goal in the first place. It's not like playing poker. In poker, you either win the pot or lose the pot. In this case, let's say my portfolio was at 490,000. I technically don't meet my goal, but I'm so close to 500,000 euros at that stage, it's a running error. And so some of these things that feel like when you are starting your journey. It's all about this. It's all about this, finding the best investment, increase my income as much as I can, reducing those expenses. At some point, it just doesn't seem to be so important. And I really think that that's what Tina has been trying to express for many, many years now. And I'm really starting to appreciate a lot of the stuff that she's been saying. And I thought I'd challenge that a little bit. So as part of the Limerick FI meetup group, we run a very active WhatsApp group, which is always a great way to interact with myself and others in not only the Limerick region, but also in the Irish region. And for anybody that might be interested in being part of that WhatsApp group, do just drop me an email at michael at firepodcast.e. I'd be more than happy to send on the link to it. I created a poll trying to see if I was the only one that maybe felt this way. And the question was, what attributes of fire appeal to you the most? And how the poll worked is there was a whole lot of different answers and users could select multiple answers. And what was really interesting was that the number one answer was to have more time freedom and let things like work become more optional. Now, believe it or not, that got twice as many votes as this one to build up a large portfolio and retire early. So for me, the whole thing of FIRE when it first comes out and when we first hear it of building this large portfolio to retire early 
at some point we realize that, hey, maybe that's actually not the real goal here. That the real goal is to have more time freedom and let things like work become more optional. And that's certainly been a case for me. I'm certainly in an interesting situation of work. Whilst I'm letting go some of those clients that may not bring me joy, there's certain clients that I wouldn't want to start working for. And it's got to a point now where early retirement or hitting my fire goal wouldn't change that. Hmm, I might work less, I might work differently, but to retire fully? Well, maybe not. In the other spanner in the works for me recently, and this has been an ironic twist of fate, is that when I stopped, and it was my own fault, but when I stopped working so hard back in April or May, I started playing golf like two or three times a week, and my body couldn't handle it. It went from me sitting at a, an office at, at a desk for 12 hours a day to suddenly being out and running and playing golf and everything. And I completely did my back in. I've had ongoing back problems for the last number of years because of being a hockey player, and I did a season of Gaelic football that was a big mistake because all those guys wanted to do was show the Kiwi how to tackle. And basically, I did a disc on my back and lo and behold I've done it again so I haven't been able to play golf I haven't been able to go running and I have seen a physio that's basically advised me to do 20 minutes of stretching every day and I do that and it's fairly tedious just to try and get my back to a stage where I can at least be a little bit active but at the moment the thought of going back and running and playing golf again is probably a long long way away because I need to strengthen that back up again so things happen and get in the way and my big early retirement plan was always to go and hit golf balls every day and to go for running and walking and all these wonderful things which unfortunately my health is no longer allowing me to do so we do have to be prepared for those sort of things and it makes me wonder did I regret working so hard when my body was good and now ironically I could be working harder while it's not and it's probably the one question I have left for Tina you see Tina's blog when it first came out she did this 1000 day challenge and we see this all the time in a lot of bloggers. And I think hers was more tongue-in-cheek, which is kind of cool, because her whole philosophy was don't waste time. But her thing was she did this 1,000-day challenge to basically hit her halfway point, her flamingo fire number, to allow her to go down to semi-retirement. And I often wonder, does she regret that time? Does she now realize that she probably could have jumped sooner, knowing everything that she knows now? And it's a question that I often think about because I'm obviously in the same situation. There is nothing stopping me now from leaving full-time employment and adopting 10, 15, 20 hours of a work week. Yet I continue to power on and save a little bit, almost out of fear a little bit, and then almost out of being nervous to make a change. And then also that kind of back of me that says, look, we should continue to progress. So there's all these sort of things that hold us back. And sometimes it's very easy to say, oh, everything's great now, I don't want to change. But there's, there's probably improvements in our lives that we could still be making if we wanted to. And I kind of allude back to that concept of learning to say no. And certainly where I'm at now with work, it, it's very, I'm in a very happy place. I've got no complaints whatsoever, particularly because my mindset is so much different. I know I'm on the way out. So it makes things very different than chasing that corporate ladder. But again, there's still questions that I have that I know I need to answer. And look, we're always working these things out as we go through our fire journey. So guys, that was my tribute to the Money Flamingo website and to everything that Tina's done because she really has done a fantastic job and I'd highly recommend checking out her website. She was also on the podcast a year or so ago. I will link to that in the show notes as well. But Tina, for everything that you've done, I really cannot thank you enough. You've been a huge inspiration for me. You got me back on the fire bandwagon back in mid-2021 when I was so confused 
about where my own fire journey was going. So thank you so much for that. And guys, as always, if you have any questions on this episode, drop me an email at michael at firepodcast.e. I look forward to catching you on the next episode.